listening to another sermon podcast presented by Chelsea Presbyterian Church. Located in Chelsea, Alabama, we value community, fellowship, and love for people from all walks of life. For more information, find us online at www.chelseaprez.org or check us out on Facebook. This is not only the year that we celebrate Advent. Advent just simply means coming. Um, it's a reminder of the first coming of Jesus when he came in the flesh as a baby in a manger. Uh, and then we also, in conjunction with that, think about that in relation to his coming again. Therefore, we join all of Christianity from the beginning to the end in anticipating a Savior that Jesus will send and will send again into the world. Last week when we uh, went through our Genesis passage, several folks mentioned that they never thought about the first book of the Bible, Genesis, having anything to do with Christmas. And if you missed that sermon, uh, I would suggest you go back to that. Uh, today may have a similar effect on your thinking. Today we're going to look at the book of Deuteronomy as a part of the story of Christmas in the Bible. And you may be thinking, wait, hang on. The book of Deuteronomy, isn't that the one that's pretty similar to Leviticus and it's just full of all these do's and don'ts and laws and commandments? That's exactly what I'm talking about here. And so the book in the Bible, that, that like Deuteronomy, how does that relate to the Christmas story? We talk about this a lot in our church, that everything in the Bible is related to Jesus and his coming and who he is. So. What does this look like today? What, is, what does it mean that it relates to the story? And we're going to talk about what does it mean, what does Moses have to do with Christmas? And uh, so we'll, we're about to see. So we're going to look at uh, Deuteronomy 18.18, 18, if you want to follow along or look at your, uh, in your Bible in that. This is God talking to Moses, and he says this, I will raise up for them a prophet like you, from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak them to all that I command him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father God, uh, give us wisdom, give us understanding. Uh, may your word go out today and not return void. It is a living word. May it strike to the heart of us. Again, like I said before, may it melt our hearts. Lord, we are so callous in so many ways, and we think we know it all, we got it all together. Lord, break through that today as we submit to who you are, and we look at your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, we live in an age that a lot of people call the age of information, and we understand why. We have the, the access that we have to information is astonishing. The amount of data available to us in the palm of our hands is mind-blowing when you think about it. You've all heard the comparison of what we can hold in our hand sent people to the moon in the past. It's just insane. And I can't tell you how many times I've talked to other people, and sure you've done this before, when we, when we have questions and we're trying to solve an argument or, or find out, you know, answer to the question, and then we always end up doing what? Googling it, yeah. Um, but there's downsides to having technology and access to technology like we have. And one of the most critical downsides, I would say, the most critically important of these being, how do you know the information that you're actually getting, the information you're receiving, how do you know it's actually true? And if you do see it as true, according to whom are you measuring whether or not it's true? 
See, first of all, there's a lot of misguided people in the world. Number one, even worse than that, there's actually people out there, and we know this to be true, that are twisting the truth to perpetuate a lie on purpose to accomplish their agenda in the world. And it's not just the world in general, but those affiliated in the church. I can't tell you how many times just this year that I've seen people post information in the name of Jesus that is outright unbiblical. Additionally, you have folks post and send me links to say that people, these are people that they would see and say that they're prophets of God. Now, um, when we look at this, it's so frustrating when we think about it. I mean, who do we trust anymore? What, what trust should you put in me as a pastor up here speaking God's word every week, knowing that I'm human? And knowing that I have and will make mistakes. What guidance does the Bible, what hope does the Bible give us? Well, the answer to this question is the main point of, behind our message for today. Also, what is Moses and prophecy and the birth of Christ and the celebration of Christmas do with anything we just mentioned? Well, we're about to see. Let's look at our verse for today. I've had several people say they like these one verse sermons. doesn't always mean they're going to be shorter. A lot of times they are. Look at, look at it again. He says, uh, God says to Moses, I will raise up a prophet like them from among their brothers and I will put their words in my, his mouth and he will tell them everything I command. Now this verse in the overall chapter and I'll, I'll say this week, this would be a cool project for you to go look at Deuteronomy 18, just that one chapter. Of, of seeing what God's talking about overall here. But this overall passage right here, this passage that says that the prophecy, uh, there would be a prophet that comes and God's going to send him put his, his words in his mouth, it's kind of sandwiched between two different concepts here, which are very fascinating. The first part of the, of, if you want to call it the bread, this, this, the first part of the bread uh, is, this, uh, is a warning against those that pervert prophecy. Right after this passage is a warning against false prophets. What's the difference? And what does this mean? We're about to talk about it. But the meat in the middle of the sandwich in this verse that is about a prophet that, that God told Moses will come later. And like Moses and God's other prophet, but a better prophet, a future prophet, and that would be Jesus. And that's going to be our main point today. We're definitely going to come back to that in just a moment. But first, let's look at this idea. Of what does it mean like a perversion of prophecy? Uh, and, and what does it mean? What's the difference between that and false prophecy? And why is this, does this even matter in relation to Jesus? Well, think about this. The first warning that uh, Moses, um, God tells Moses, he said, Y'all have come out, I've, I've rescued you out of bondage. And you're about to be surrounded by a lot of nations that do not believe like you. The nations you're going to be surrounded by are wicked. And they're going to try to steer you from the truth. And how are they going to do that? They're going to find ways to counterfeit truth in the ways that they get divine knowledge. See, God said, you're going to have questions and you're going to need guidance. We've always needed that. And God knows that. But he's saying, you've got to listen to me only. And, on, and wait on my answers. But it's going to be tempting for you to try to find quick answers and most of the time to try to find answers that you want to hear versus the ones that I'm telling you that you may not 
like. And when he talks about these, uh, he says, and here's how they're going to do it. You know what they're going to use? They're going to tell you that they have divine insights. And they're going to tell you that they can are able to tell your fortune. And they're going to interpret stars and the omens, which we call horoscopes. And they will be charmers, and they will be witches, and these will be mediums, mediums that consult the dead. And God says, this is all wicked, evil, and abomination of him. Do you want to see what it says? He says it all in there, uh, Deuteronomy 18. Now, why is this such a big deal? Why is this such a big deal? Number one, God's saying, this is not for me. This is not for me. I'm the only one that, that's going to tell you 100% truth or people that speak in relation to me. Which means if it's not from God, it's from the evil one. Second, the problem is not that these things are always wrong. I hear people all the time talking to me about horoscopes or talking to me about somebody that they, they, they consulted, um, a fortune teller or whatever. It's, the problem is not that they're always wrong. You know, it's just the opposite. See, Satan, the evil one's too slick for that. He's too subtle for that. They're going to take the truth and they're going to twist it just a little bit. Just a little truth mixed with falsehood. Remember what we talked about last week? Adam and Eve and Satan in the Garden of Eden. First thing he said is like, wait, did, did God tell you that you're going to die? You're not going to die. Like, eat it, try it. You won't die, I promise. Now, eventually they eat it. Did they immediately die? No. Are they going to die later? Yeah. Did they spiritually die? Yes. That's what Satan was doing. Taking a little truth. Mixing it with a little lie. Or when he said, no, you don't have, God doesn't want you to have the knowledge that you could have if you eat. Remember what the tree was called? The knowledge of, true, of, of good and evil. What did they have knowledge of that they didn't have before? Evil. You know, those are the things. Like, things just twisting these things in some way. But what about the second warning? So this is what a perversion of prophecy looks like. Where you're trying to find other ways outside of God in some quick fix way instead of really doing the hard work of cultivating a relationship with God and listening to Him. But what about the second warning? After that, it has to do with false prophets. See, God knew that people would come along and try to put words in His mouth, say things that He did not ordain, yet say things that, and say, this is a word from the Lord. First of all, God makes clear that if someone speaks anything against His word, these are false teachings and they're false prophets immediately. If anybody ever says, I'm a prophet, and they say something against the word of God, they will be in the category of false prophets. That's what God said. But here's the second thing more critical. God says the mark of a true prophet is this 100% accuracy. Here's what, here's what we're saying. If someone that you know in your life have heard tells you they are a prophet or have the gift of prophecy, in the way that we're talking about here, you ask them a simple question or a simple question of those around them. Have they ever been wrong once? If they have, God says they're false prophets. Why would he be so hard on people? Why would he seem to be so drastic on that? Why is, the, why is it important that he, does, that he says it has to be 100% of the time? Well, the Bible is clear on this. The main reason is that, so that, that God knew it would be hard for his people to know the difference between false prophets and true prophets. I mean, there's several times in the Bible and you can look over and over again, God sends his good prophets, he sends the prophets that are true, and immediately after that, you know what happens? Another prophet comes on the scene, says the opposite. Like, no, no that, that's just harsh words. He's just a prophet of doom. You're going to be all right. 
Don't worry about it. Most of the time, when these prophets come that are not like the prophet of God, it's what people want to hear. Uh, it's, it's things that are a lot easier to do. Uh, it's things that sound a lot better than the bloom and doom prophets that happen in the Bible. And most of the time, it's just what they wanted to hear. At this point, I know you're thinking, probably, like last week, you're like, James, this is not a Christmas sermon. I mean, what does the whole thing of the idea of perversion of prophecies and false prophecies have to do with Christmas? Well, let's look at our verse one more time and remember, God is talking to Moses about what, how he's going to, sorry, God is talking to Moses about what to tell his people that they're about to get by way of guidance and truth and purpose from God the Father. And that's what we all want during Christmas season. We need guidance. We need truth. We need purpose. God says, once again, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their people, and I will put my words in his mouth, and I will, and will tell him them everything I have commanded. See, we all have a Christmas story to tell related to who Jesus is and what he's done in our lives in some way, or even how he relates to our lives. Moses had a Christmas story to tell, too. Moses, in his final sermon to the people of God before he died, informed them of God's promise of a coming prophet that would be the prophet better than any other prophet. Just like Moses, he says this leader is going to lead, once again deliver the people from bondage, but this time in a way that they won't be expecting it. Like we anticipate the second coming of Jesus, God's people waited on Advent, the first coming of the Messiah, coming of this new and perfect prophet. They waited, you got to think about this, people from Moses' time to now waited year after year, generation after generation, just like we're doing now. And guess what? It might be 2,000 more years before Jesus comes. What are you going to do then? Those are things that we don't think about, but I'm just saying all of this. When Jesus finally came, the book of John, John 1.45 says, they cried out in relief and they said, we have found the one that Moses wrote about in the law. The true prophet is finally here. The end-all prophet is finally here. The be-all prophet is finally here. The one that Moses has spoken about. See, the, pro the prophet that Moses spoke about was a prophet that Moses could never be. The prophet that the world needed that would set it right. The prophet that would come and set the truth straight, as we talked about today arrived on Christmas morning in the world and came into the world not just to proclaim truth, but here's the thing, not just to proclaim truth as a prophet, but to be true. The truth that all other truths would be measured by. The truth, we're, we're not talking about head knowledge truth. That's not what the Bible's talking about. It's talking about truth as a person that we can relate to. When Jesus came, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No one comes to the Father except by and through me. He is the truth. Truth is a person for us. Meditate that as we enter a time of communion. Let's pray. Father God, thank you uh, that you you don't leave us out here just wandering in the dark. Lord, so many of us want to know Purpose in life, we want to know a word from you, yet we are lazy when it comes to reading your word, cultivating a relationship with you. Lord, let us not be those people. Um, 
Let us also be people that call out false prophets and perversions of prophecies that are not from you, lest we among other people miss, mistake and misguide other people in the truth. But it's so hard because uh, the evil one just wants to mix a little bit of truth. Just a little bit of truth with falsehood. <coughs> Help us to be wise. Give us the spirit of discernment. Send your Holy Spirit upon us. But most of all, may we cling to your Son, who is the ultimate truth. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed today's sermon. We want to remind our listeners that our doors are always open at Chelsea Presbyterian Church, and we invite all our listeners to join us for worship. You can visit us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at Chelsea Middle School. To hear more of our sermons from our church or for more information, you can find us online at www.chelseapres.org or check us out on Facebook.